we've worked very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time and anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. Good evening and welcome along to Sports Beat Extra. I'm Andy and today's show is jam-packed. Later, Aidan Delaney joins me to discuss the mouth-watering clash between Ireland and New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup quarter-final. We've also got some of the amazing interview with gold medal Olympian Kelly Harrington thanks to Ellie who attended Shine Festival this week. But first up, I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Ellams to discuss the prospect of Ireland hosting Euro 2028. Tracking sport across the southeast. So Tom, just a quick word on last night. I suppose it was a disappointing result for the lads considering the big lift that everyone had gotten during the week when the announcement was confirmed that Ireland would be a host of Euro 2028. What did you make of the game last night? Yeah, I think it, it, look, it is disappointing. Um, I know going into the game, Stephen had mentioned there was a, you know, a mathematical chance that we could we could still qualify and obviously with the with the result now from last night it means that that's no longer a possibility so there's two games in the in the group left and obviously we have the game against New Zealand now and I think all we can really hope for now is that we see some really positive performances in those last three games and and um, and, and finish off on, on as much of a high as we can really yeah, it's a real pity, I suppose, when you look at how well, I mean, the under-21s are, are three wins on the bounce, the 17s and the 19s are going really well, your under-16 girls had a great summer in their their friendlies, and then obviously the, the senior international women's team is on a real high at the moment, so what kind of steps, I suppose, do the lads need to take to get into the rest of that group, because everyone else seems to be moving in the right direction as we count down towards hosting Euro 2028? I think sometimes you, you look at the performance of the the senior teams and you gauge the success of the of the association based upon the performance of a senior team and I think there's a lot there's a lot more a lot more to it a lot more to be looked at I think looking at the underage side on, on the boys side there's a lot of positive things happening you mentioned everything that's happening with the 21s and the job that Jim Crawford's doing there is, is brilliant and we're seeing a lot of really good performances obviously the, the win against that the other night was really good and then we've seen the the two games in in Cork there uh, the month before very positive. I know they're going into two tougher games now, one being Norway, um, and that'll be a really great test for them. But even some of the other underage teams coming through, I know the under 19s are away at the moment, picking up some good results. So I think so I think the structure that we have in place and the players that are hopefully you know potentially coming through the system, it's really positive to see. Likewise, on the girls' side, I know we're getting a lot of current success with our senior team at the moment. It's absolutely brilliant. And we need to, I think it's kind of di- different at the moment, is that we need to maintain that success and make sure that what's coming through behind it um, can continue the legacy, you know, following the World Cup and going into now future competitions. Hopefully, you know, a good positive Nations League campaign now, four games left of that, will set us up nicely going to European qualifiers. And I think it's really important that we do, you know, you know have a positive. Uh, qualification process there and, and hopefully we can qualify for another tournament but again it's another situation where we've got a lot of young talent coming through you know the development of the of the league of ireland here is is, is absolutely going to serve them well that the players don't necessarily always have to go to england at a young age now and now with brexit they can't go till 18 anyway so hopefully now creating the you know 
better structures and, and, and resources around the League of Ireland means they can probably stay in Ireland, they can earn a, a living for, you know, for a number of years. And if they're, when they're mature, if they want to move, there's something they can do. But at least we can get some of our best players playing um, at a high level and under good pressure and, and keep serving uh, the, the, the senior teams and have them coming through. Obviously, there's plenty of work going on in, in the background between the FAI and coaches and, and all of that. But does this opportunity now with hosting Euro 2028 really give the FAI and everyone involved in, in football in Ireland that chance to kind of really focus in now and aim towards 2028 as being a really positive thing for football, for the country and for, you know, showing off who we are and, and what, what we can bring to the international stage. It's the third largest, you know, event in the world. It's it's, it's a huge event and to be a part of it is, uh, is, is, is massively important for us. I know there's a lot of work gone in behind the scenes to get this done, to get this over the line. So we're absolutely delighted with it. For us, it's got to be a target that we can qualify for this tournament um, and, and be a part of it. Uh, I think I think there's going to be six games hosting in Ireland and, and, and of those, we're going to get around a 16 in the quarterfinal game. Um, and that's going to be absolutely fantastic for us. Hopefully it can help us, help us build on our own kind of resources and our own facility development. I know there's usually a massive legacy fund after these sort of competitions um, you know, something around six million or so will probably be available to us from from the back of that. Then, if that can help us to then go work closely with gov- with the government on on our own development of of our, our facilities and our infrastructure, that's really going to help us. And I know, you know, there's announcements and 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 you know things coming out from the FEI now about how how we're going to propose to do that. Um, and this is only going to be a catalyst for it, and it's going to support us uh, hugely. But also, I mean, you know. I think we're more than capable, like you said, of, of showing what we, what we can do as, as a country to host a big competition. And, and that's only going to serve us well as well for the future, that we could maybe look to do these things again and working with you know our neighbours to, to host these competitions. So I think it's absolutely fantastic for us and we need to maximise every single opportunity there is that, that comes from it. Yeah, hopefully it'll be the, the start of a regular involvement in in the big tournaments um we mentioned it there a bit earlier that the the senior women's team are, are really riding high at the moment on the, the crest of a wave as such uh, after the world cup and how big of a, an impact does that have say you're obviously involved with the the under 16 international team but seeing your kind of heroes playing on the big stage it's it it just makes it better for everyone doesn't it that's involved yeah, the, the World Cup was um, the World Cup was a you know a fantastic experience. It's uh, it's definitely you know one of my highlights of my career up until up until now, and um, being a part of it, you know, makes you realise what we can really strive to to succeed and continue to compete. And I think it has to be an ambition of ours now to to make sure that we can continue to to be in these tournaments, be in these competitions. Um, for those of us that are involved, you know as part of the backroom team, as part of the, the FBI staff in general, to see what was involved in the tournament, you know, it helps us to come back and, and you know, implement change into, into what we need to do here in our own structures and how we can how we can make small little changes to make sure that we can we can, you know, help the senior team as much as, as possible and the future players coming through as much as possible that we can uh, continue to qualify for these competitions. Um, it definitely it definitely ignites a fire in, in some of our young players. Um, 
I am, you know, I actually, while we're out there, I've seen a couple of my own under 16 uh, uh, players out there um, at, at some of the games. And it was great to see them and, and how much they're enjoying it. But, you know, for them, it has to be something that they're aspiring to do as well. And they've seen that it's possible. Um, you know, they've seen these stadiums of you know, ranging from, from 20,000 all the way through to, to 95,000, you know, I think, well, sorry, 75,000, I think it was, um, packed out. And they're seeing that these opportunities are there now. And, and uh, you know, it helps them to apply themselves, gives them gives them some focus. And, and we've just got to make sure that we, we, we give them the tools um, and create the foundations for them to do that. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned that it, it gets plenty of them fired up and I'm sure plenty of them will be raring to go. You, you're playing England in a friendly there in, in a couple of weeks. How are you fixed for that? We've had a couple of training activities uh, last couple of weeks. We're actually in tomorrow again in Abbottstown. Um, we're preparing to go over to England on the 23rd. We're just going over for the three days, so a lot of preparation going into that now. And then we'll go for the three days and we'll play them uh, in, in, a, in a friendly game on the final day. So... Really, really good opposition for us to, to go on and, and really show the players um, the level that we want them to, to get to and, and the level that we, we need them to be competing at. So we look to look forward to finding out a lot more uh, about the group we have and, and helping them to continue with their development and then head to Scotland for a double header. So we'll play two games in Scotland. That'll be a great challenge for us as well and, and I'm sure we'll learn a lot more from that one. Absolutely. And finally then, Tom... Just what would it mean, I suppose, you've been involved now with, with the FAI and coaching and teams and, and everything for, for quite a while. What would it mean to be able to see Ireland play a home game in an international tournament? I think it'd be I think it'd be huge. Um I was fortunate enough to obviously look obviously fortunate enough to be involved with the with the women's team at the World Cup. Um, me and my son travelled to um into to France in two thousand sixteen to see that the, the team play. Uh, a couple of games over there and it's just it's you know so good to see the support and how everyone gets behind the team no one does it better than the Irish and, and that, that is for sure so having having them playing here in our country I think the buzz it would bring to the country even the economy um, teams traveling in I think would really create a fantastic spectacle uh, and I think it'd have a, a huge impact on on the, on the game as well Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. Hopefully Ireland can get some sort of momentum together over the next few years and make it into Euro 2028. Now, here's some of Kelly Harrington's interview with Tammy Darcy at Shine Festival 2023. What happens inside the, the, the boxing club, you know, like what goes on in there. So I, I really wanted to join because I, I, I also knew I was good at, at fighting because I have three brothers and... I, anytime we had a had a fight, I always came out on top. So I was like, well, that's <laughs> that's an added bonus as to joining a boxing club. Um, but I couldn't get in. And in the flats that we hung around, one of the coaches lived in the flats. And I'd see him coming in and out all the time. And I used to torment him for one whole year straight. I used to ask him, can I join the boxing club now? And he'd be like, no, no, we don't take girls. We don't have changing rooms for girls. And I'd be like... But I don't even need a changing room. I'll come down in me, in me clothes, and I'll leave in me clothes, and like I only live across the road. That was for a year solid, like, um, and I think he just got fed up because uh, he used to have to ask the secretary of the boxing club. So the secretary, I think, just got fed up and just said, "Ah, look, let her come down, and she can train separate nights." So I was there on a Tuesday and a Thursday training, separate to the men. 
And eventually, he started letting me train with all the rest of the, the boys and the men in the club. And I think I was there for about three months before I got, got my first fight then. So I went down, and it was a Dublin versus Cavan thing, a show. And I fought against Caroline O'Reilly, who was a very experienced boxer at the time. And in the last round, it was 10 seconds before the bell went and I was taking that much of a beating. The referee jumped in and said, stop, stop the fight, stop the fight, it's all over. And the tears were flying down my face. I was, I was bawling, I was, I was absolutely bawling. But when I was on the bus on the way home, I said, no, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna fight that girl again and I'm gonna beat her. And I got in and I fought Caroline O'Reilly. I had a, year, a good year's training behind me and I got in, boxed her, beat her. It was, it, it was a good fight. Like, it was very fair and more even than it was the first time, but I beat her and I got the decision and that was like, uh, that was like my Olympics at that stage, you mm. know, like having lost to her and feeling like I wasn't really part of the club and I wasn't really wanted there to coming back and showing, yeah, now I've done it now and I've beat her, what's next? I embrace my own madness. I embrace it and I'm, and I'm comfortable in my own madness of walking around like I will this is literally me on 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 and I'm not I'm not even joking it and this is how mad I look like I'll be walking around and I'll be and I'll be all dressed up in all my kit and everything and there's all like your opponent could be over there and there's loads of different countries and they're watching it and I'll be walking around and I'll be going I am I can I will I am I can and I will I came here to do this and I'm gonna do it and that's it Nobody has taken this off me. Not today, not today. It's not gonna happen. And if it happens, it's because they're better than me, not because they worked harder than me, because I've worked for this. I am, I can, I will. And that's what I'd be walking around. And people are just like, people sit there and they're like, their mouth are open and they're like, but that's me and I embrace that and I love it. Like, and I'd be sitting there and I'd be saying, I am the predator and I am going to get my prey. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I am the predator. <laughs> and I'd be jumping around and I just. <laughs> and then people are just like, oh God, that's a, I don't want to fight her, you know, like. <laughs> Commitment means that when I'm walking to the ring, when I step in there and when the hand is raised, whether I win or whether I lose, I know I've done absolutely everything and I can't blame anybody. I can't even blame myself if I lose. I just have to say, I lost to someone who was actually better than me on the day. 2017 Silver European Champion, 2018 Bronze European Champion, 2022 Gold European Champion, 2019 and 23 Silver and Gold respectively at the European Games, 2016 Silver and 2018 Gold in the World Championships and 2020 Gold in the Olympic Games. What do those medals actually mean to you? Those medals, to me, shows resilience and the bounce back effect. Mm. Because I'm, I'm 33 now. I've been boxing since I'm like 15. So I've been boxing a very, very long time. So that's like half of, like that's another 15 years added on to what you are, probably even more. <laughs> um, so I've been boxing a long time and you can imagine the highs and lows that has happened throughout my boxing career. And there's been some pretty low, pretty awful lows. Um, 
And I suppose that's what the medals mean, is to there to show that no matter what, if you keep working hard and working towards something, that it is possible if you really, really want it that much, you know. Um, with grit, resilience, anything is, re is achievable and is reachable. Ellie has, of course, qualified for the next Olympics, so we can all look forward to cheering her on for gold again. OK, it's almost crunch time as Ireland prepare to face New Zealand. Tracking sports across the southeast. Sports Beat Extra. So I'm delighted to be joined once again for the rugby build-up by Aidan Delaney. Aidan, first up, the game against Scotland, a really professional and clinical performance from the lads. Once you score inside, what was it, 62 seconds? I mean, Ireland were always going to kind of kick on from there. But like you say, your head can kind of drop in that situation and you can kind of lose your discipline as Scotland did in that second half. But Ireland, just a very professional side now, knew exactly what they needed to do. We were talking a bit about the permutations coming in, but Ireland just knew, let's just get our win and not worry about whatever... Um, you know, whatever else can happen in this game. And they really put Scotland to the sword in that first half. And just going in with that big duck egg on the Scottish scoreline, I mean, that was probably more satisfying than the tries they actually scored, knowing that Ireland do probably have one of the better defences in this tournament now. And they're certainly going to need it this weekend. But um, yeah, listen, I mean, they did what they needed to do against Scotland. And coming away with some of those injuries was kind of the biggest concern. But they seem to be kind of working themselves out now so yeah job done and Ireland into the quarterfinals New Zealand were very underwhelming against France however I suppose since then it's been more free-flowing rugby from the All Blacks particularly that trouncing of Italy by 96 to 17 are they kind of building nicely towards tonight's game yeah I think it's it was always going to be a tough game against France obviously you're coming into the, the very first game of the tournament you're against the hosts France are one of the better sides in the world right now and it was everything was up against New Zealand in that game so I don't think they would have been too concerned had they lost that game the manner in which they lost it was a little disappointing and I think especially if you combine that with the pre-tournament loss to South Africa there was a couple of questions going around about you know is this the same kind of New Zealand team that we've seen in years gone by these are absolutely wonderful players but are, you know, some of them are starting to tick on a little bit. Your Sam Whitelocks, your you know um, Brody Retallicks. Those guys have been around a long time now, and maybe you know they're just losing that half step pace. You know, they might not have the, the same kind of control over referees that they had before. But this is still the same New Zealand that we faced kind of four years ago, and it's it's still the same kind of challenge that we have to face. So, I think New Zealand probably are a little better off than they probably were after that France game. But I still think that. This is as big a test for them as it is for us. For sure. And of course, you mentioned four years ago, we faced New Zealand at the same stage at the 2019 World Cup. How different are both teams now as we, we look towards the, the kickoff this evening? Well, it's a very interesting piece with Steve Hansen, who was the New Zealand coach at the time in the Irish Independent this week. And he was talking about, you know, coming into that game that, you know, Ireland were again the number one team in the world but we had just been kind of given that honour and we weren't wearing it as, as easily as we are now and he was saying that New Zealand kind of looked at that and said that's a false position really we knew that we are better than this Ireland team and we can use that against them we can put that pressure on and really kind of use that to our advantage and they certainly did that four years ago but he was saying this time around Ireland do look like the best team in the world they've held that title for a long time now and 
and there won't be that same kind of confidence coming into the game on the New Zealand side of things. Now, listen, I mean, New Zealand still have some absolutely wonderful players. You're talking about Will Jordan, who I think has 27 tries in 28 games, which is just an absolute machine-like performance. You've got all the various Barretts, a couple of world players of the year there. And as I mentioned, your White Locks and Retallics, who just know how to put that pressure on and just have that experience to not only influence the other team, but they can influence the referees as well. And I do think that will be a big part of the game here. So Wayne Barnes has got to have a very interesting game and uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of chirping from both sides coming in. In terms of how Ireland have progressed, when you look back to four years ago, some of those pre-planned moves kind of broke down a little bit and then players were kind of looking around saying, God, what do we do now? Whereas I don't think there would be that kind of uh, panic now if something you know if New Zealand were to put you know 14 17 points on them pretty early uh, in this game coming up and I think that's where the most confidence will come into this game that we have certainly matured from that side four years ago facing the All Blacks at any time is going to be a challenge but even for tonight is part of it you're almost battling yourself with that kind of pressure you're the number one the mentality has to has to be strong because it's still going around you know Ireland have never made it past the quarter final for all the the success and the talent that they've had so is that kind of a, an, almost a bigger factor I think Andy Farrell has done a great job in kind of you know allowing the team to kind of see these challenges and yet overcome them themselves without necessarily needing to be guided through it um one of the interesting things, I suppose, was that South Africa game when, you know, Ian Henderson had come onto the pitch and South Africa, it was about 10 minutes to go and uh, Henderson had got the team around and they just took a big deep breath. And I suppose that's going to be one of the big kind of emerging images from this tournament is that this is a different Ireland team now. They can actually take that breath and just say to themselves, listen, we can just play our own game here. We are the best team in the world right now. We have the skills, we have the talent, we have the know-how to get past teams like this. And, you know, it isn't insignificant that we have beaten New Zealand five out of the last eight times. And that if we were coming into this game like we were four years ago, where, you know, we had just managed to get over New Zealand and, you know, maybe there was a couple of decisions that maybe went our way coming into that. But this is a side that knows how to beat New Zealand now. We've gone down, we've taken them on their turf as well. And I think that does play a big, massive part in the culture coming into this game. And Ireland will have been picking this game out for, you know, since four years ago. They knew that eventually we will get to a quarterfinal and eventually we do have to get over this hurdle. Looking at the benches then, Ireland have brought in Joe McCarthy and Jimmy O'Brien. And then, of course, we mentioned the experience maybe on the New Zealand bench of Whitelock and Dane Coles. But then also that kind of real flair of the likes of Damian McKenzie. How important will the bench be with maybe 20 minutes left on the clock? Yeah, look, I mean, we always talk about the starting 15, but we know that rugby is a 23-player game now. You need to have everybody who's ready to go. And that's why I think it was important to get our, our starting 15 right this week and to make sure that we do have some options off the bench. You look at the the Ireland squad so far, only uh, Jimmy O'Brien has had no minutes so far. Everybody's gotten some sort of taste of World Cup rugby, which I think is important to just get, get those minutes under your belt and, and to get that kind of... Uh, that shock of I'm playing in the biggest tournament in the world and there's you know a million eyeballs on me that needs to be get out of the way we need to get that out of the way for the likes of Joe McCarthy and that really kind of early on in this tournament and I think we will 
I think, yeah, you look at Dinkos, I mean, again, a wonderful player that just has so much experience to bring off the bench. And once Ireland can kind of get themselves a bit more of a, a scoreline pressure on this game, I do think you need to use your bench pretty well. Um, Keith Earls was the only player that didn't train this week and he's not involved. But the rest of the Ireland players should be in pretty good nick. Um, again, we were kind of worrying a bit when Tyke Furlong went off and Mike Hansen went off as well, but those guys seem to be fit and ready to go. So even if they need to come off a little earlier than usual, we saw in the Scotland game that, you know, even if it doesn't go to the pre-planned moves that we had, that, you know, maybe somebody has to come off a bit earlier than usual, we can deal with that and we can kind of move players around and, and you know, everybody's comfortable enough with the ball that if you're somebody who's in the centre, you can move out to the wing, you can move out to fullback, you can, you know, maybe go into, <laughs> into the pack if you need to. But Ireland know that, you know, these kind of things... Will will happen and they'll have planned for this like I say for the last four years so maybe they've just done a whole week on what if we have literally no forwards on the field how are we going to deal with this and they'll be ready for any opportunity that comes up so I think you just need to get the likes of Jimmy O'Brien into the game early enough to kind of get his feet under and make sure that we just don't kind of let the, the situation and the panic get to us Yeah, and all week there seems to be more and more flights being booked for people travelling out. So just to mention, like the fans have been incredible at, at all the games, not just the big ones. Literally everybody has sat there looking at the Ireland crowd and gone, that's worth, you know, three, four or five points to this team like they are certainly carrying them through and particularly in that new uh, the South Africa game where you know it really did feel like a bit of a home game and that does play on players minds you know they aren't you know they, as much as they like to put themselves into a box and say listen we're just trying to play a game here there is outside factors there and once you have 60,000 people baying for your blood that will have an effect on you particularly when it comes to you know the the closing stages of a game and you look at the the Irish journalists and even there they're as cynical as I am, but a lot of them are saying, like, this is why you do this this job. This is why you come to a World Cup. This is why, you know, teams are living in memory forever because they can get this kind of reaction from 60,000, 70,000 people. And I think that, you know, this is something that people have been dreaming about for the last little while, actually coming into a quarterfinal where we are favourites, where we can reach the semifinals. And, you know, if it's Argentina, if it's Wales, we'll be favourites in that game as well. So, people will certainly have, have saved up every cent so they can go over and support this team and I'm sure being in Paris this week has been an absolute dream for everybody that you know once you go down any street you know any rue in Paris there'll be plenty of Irish jerseys around and that does give players a big boost as well you know they'll have gone to Disneyland on some of their days off they'd have gone to you know the Arc de Triomphe and seen plenty of Irish fans around and that'll just give them a bit of a boost coming into the game and once they know that when that ball kicks off the Irish fans will be behind them every single step of the way. And even if there is a couple of mistakes made, the Irish fans won't jump on their back. They won't be, you know, kind of baying for their own team's blood. And that can boost your team as much as it can affect the other team. So, yeah, just hopefully we'll give them enough to shout about and we'll head to that semi-final. And hopefully that'll be a, a trip to the final then after that. 100%. I'm sure every fan in and out of the ground will be in fine voice. So just to wrap it up then, Aidan, what what are you going to go for as your, your final prediction before tonight's epic clash? I would love to sit here and say that I'm absolutely 100% confident that we are going to beat New Zealand in a Rugby World Cup quarterfinal and reach the semi-finals, but I, I wouldn't be 100%. I do think we are favourites for a reason. We are the world number one side. We've built ourselves nicely. We have you know, probably the best starting 15 in the world right now, and it might come down to the last 10 minutes of which side has used their bench 
better, which side has a better discipline, which side can just get over the line. And I think Ireland will win it. It'll be high scoring affair and I think Ireland will win by three. Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102-103. What a game it promises to be. Ireland versus New Zealand at 8pm. I'm Andy. Thanks so much for joining me on tonight's Sports Beat Extra. And of course, up next, it's Beat Anthems.